Hello and welcome to the Geekatorium podcast number 15. Yeah, we're piling them in now. I mean, as I said, I, 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 um, I read a thing today that apparently podcasts die after six months or ten episodes, but I'm proving them proving them proving them wrong i hope we're on episode 15 now it's been brilliant i've enjoyed some of the guests we've had on well, i've enjoyed all the guests we've had on and i've got some great ones coming up so please keep listening uh this week uh, i'm sitting down and chatting to comedian and creator of the dark room uh john robertson if you've not seen the dark room before it is one of the most amazing live shows that you can be a part of. It's hilarious um, and just so immersive. So if you ever get a chance, in the, uh, he's always around the country. If you get a chance, uh, go check it out. He's always at the Edinburgh Fringe as well. Um, ooh, and I'll talk about that. That reminds me, I will talk about the Edinburgh Fringe in a second. So thank you very much for supporting the Geekatoon pod- podcast and listening to it. And if you're a subscriber, awesome. If you're a new listener, Awesome. This is the podcast where we I sit down uh, with a different guest every week and we just chat about geeky stuff, what people are passionate about, and they get at the end of the episode to put something into the geek arc. Now, if you've enjoyed the episode or if you enjoyed any of the past episodes, I have one favor to ask. Hit subscribe. That's the first thing. Second of all, uh, share it with other people. Tell them that you're listening to it and that you're enjoying it. Third of all, leave me a review on somewhere like uh, iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this. Please leave a review. That would be amazing. And you can also sign up to the Facebook group or follow on Twitter um, where I'll always sort of be sharing this or sharing sort of other geeky stuff and stuff like that. But back to Edinburgh. Uh, you can go see John Robertson's Dark Room in Edinburgh. It's there every year. It's amazing. But my tickets have finally gone on sale. So I have... Two shows at the Edinburgh Fringe this year. One is my solo show, which is called Still a Fan. Um, and that's going to be at the Rose Theatre uh, on Rose Street at one o'clock uh, every day, except for the... Uh, there's one Monday that I'm taking off because I need to sleep at some point. Um, I think it's the 13th, uh, but I'll double check. And then the other one is uh, my my panel show, Uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars, which John has actually been a panelist on for the last couple of years. Um, It's uh, the comedy debate panel show where we argue about which is better, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Simple as that. Lots of games, lots of hilarity, lots of fun. Um, That's at half ten in the wine bar in uh, the Gilded Balloon. Um, It's not on every single day, but if you've Go onto the Ed Fringe website or the Gilded Balloon website. You can get all the details of times, dates, tickets, blah, blah, blah. Go there because it'd be lovely in August to see people and see you all there. But without further ado, let's go into the podcast. Well, hello, dear listener. <laughs> you, you arrive. It's just in time. Yeah, you arrived mid-anecdote as two people who are friends, <laughs> you know, two two friends sitting on a couch having an unscripted conversation have both had that awkward <laughs> moment and realised the fucking thing wasn't going. <laughs> that whole thing is like, it's, it's now past midnight. It's, yeah, I think we've got an excuse for it. you. What time have you, what time have you started this morning? Oh, I, well, I, uh, oh, mate. You've done two shows as yeah, I, did, I did two shows, at, you know, at 4pm and then 7.45. It hasn't exactly been <laughs> that hard. full on a day. It's like, I, I won't up at you know i woke up at 9 a.m and soon a mere two and a half hours later i was on a train <laughs> fuck i'm exhausted you know and the train took an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes we are lucky aren't we yeah <laughs> oh pff, god yeah it's it's like when you um the, it's like the first time i went to edinburgh fringe and mm. with tears in my eyes at the end of my 
final show and we hadn't taken a day off and I was doing two solo shows a day and I, I looked at the crowd and I was like, I want you guys to know that for the last 25 days I've done two one-hour-long shows of this a day, you know, and it means so much to me. And, I, and they're, they're like, yeah, wow, wow. And I was like, and it means so much to me to realise that I've worked 50 hours this month. <laughs> and... And, you know, they people people took that with the realisation that they should have. Yeah. Which, yeah, which of yeah, course, yeah. is that we are nothing more than grifting scum. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. What, is waking up in the morning and going, do I have to get dressed today? Like, the answer's no. No, yeah. No. It's always no. And it's always... Like, I think when I picked you up today, <laughs> um, I was still in my gym. Stuff. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. So, because I, I, I literally got... I woke up and uh, yeah. I went to the gym. And I was like, no, 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 I'll pot around. And I went, oh, I better go pick up John now. <laughs> oh, shit. Ah, <laughs> thanks, man. Doesn't matter. No, it's of no concern. I mean, you, what you saw me in, um, which is the black T-shirt, ni- black jeans, but these are the nice jeans. If mm. you can hear that, got these sort of washboard-like yeah, aggregations like, on there. It's like the type of jeans that Beck would want to have to yeah, make sure he's used. Yeah, we're nine and a half hours on this, you know. If In fact, if I play it long enough, um, half the cast of The Fast Show will arrive <laughs> and declare that there's the washboard. Um, yeah, there we go. But, yeah, I when I'm leaving the house, because I, I slam around a great deal um, at home, uh, I find, I find uh, usually a big jacket and a mm. lot of black because my wife a while ago... Um, banned me from wearing blue jeans when I leave the house. She was like, "You." She just went, "Look, you you perform in public, right? Yeah, and not a huge amount of people, but some people know who you are. So you should look as much like yourself as possible mm. at all times. Mm. Which, which as a result, I do, and has and it and it helps. Uh, it's a nice thing, people, because I've noticed that like people have a tendency." If they do run into you, mm. right, and there is something aberrant about you that wasn't what they expected. Like if I go out and I'm wearing all of my big fucking silver jewellery yeah. and all my skulls, they're like, oh, there he is. That's John. That's yeah. the John we know. That's yeah. the bracelet he was wearing. I remember that. You know, things like that. Or if I've got like some cool boots on, they're like, that's oh, John. You know, <laughs> he sort of looks like a kind of bondage wizard. There's John. <laughs> but I remember like once having a cold sore outbreak and watching a man's eyes just drift endlessly <laughs> just going, to something. the top of my lip. And then eventually he went, that's a cold sore. <laughs> you know, and it was that moment of going, oh, okay, okay, you know. And also, to, to be fair, I, I <laughs> back before, and this, this will sound strange to anyone because I haven't actually articulated this, um, so doing it near a microphone is probably a poor decision. Okay, yeah. But um, when I was younger, I didn't actually understand um, how tremendously important to people weddings were. Right, okay. Like, I understood that they were important on some level, but I was a bit contemptuous of the whole enterprise. Mm. And so when I was invited to weddings, I used to turn up uh, in a top hat, uh, a a jacket, okay. a nice jacket, a T-shirt, some blue jeans <laughs> and some sneakers. Fantastic. And after a mere two weddings in which I was greeted with just contempt and revulsion yeah i realized that this joke wasn't perhaps landing for everybody <laughs> you know <laughs> the audience wasn't going for this well yeah. the, the, you know the people who paid for the yeah. fucking thing and you know were sort of like oh thanks for coming and sharing our special day john i can yeah. see you've really made an effort 
It reminds me of um, it reminds me of a time when I um, you know, God, like, and this this is sort of speaking to the scum that comedians are. Yeah, I I was meant to be booked in the UK, but last minute, um, a major booking uh, that was the reason we were flying over mm. cancelled. So as a result, we we just didn't come. Like the, the, there was no point. It was going to be like you're going to you know pretty much be in poverty. Yeah. yeah. So I sat on my couch. Uh, in this is when I lived in Perth, Western Australia. I sat there uh, literally on my couch and didn't move for three months because the only way I could move would be if a comedy club locally had a dropout and then I could right, go right, yeah. and I could go do some work. And I sat there for three months and one day my mother turned up, mm. um, not really to liberate me from the couch but rather just to... She, a friend of hers had died mm. and in one motion she turned up, told me her friend was dead it was a very elderly woman. Yeah. It was much expected. And yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and one of those people who I was sort of like, well, didn't we do this? I thought this had happened. I thought we buried this one. <laughs> this one, yeah, this one. I'm sure. I'm sure this happened. Yeah, I was like, and which one? Like, what's well, like my mum? My mum loves my friends, but if she likes you, she knows who you are. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And if she doesn't like you, then she makes it. She's like, which one's that? The tall one. <laughs> which one's that? And, and the thing yeah. with my mother's friends is, I think at some point my mother realised that I mean all of them well, but I don't. Know who they are yeah you know like at all i'm like hey this is the guy from across the road yeah oh this guy yeah i've got a whole bunch of shit stored in his fucking attic yeah we love this guy <laughs> yeah great you know and oh here's that bloke right but yeah we um i remember her picking me up and i like for someone who had always done the suit jacket yeah and the and the blue jeans at the um at the weddings at the funeral I, oh it couldn't have been worse oh. couldn't have been worse i looked like I hadn't moved from the couch in oh, three brilliant. months. Oh, brilliant, yep. It was at a church that my father used to work at uh, before he died. Yeah. We showed up. There were people there who hadn't seen me since 1992 and they were wondering what I'd been up to. <laughs> and uh, blue jeans, surf shirt. Fantastic. Uh, unshaven. Yep. Tired. Yep. I, I, you know, and, and looking drug fucked despite the fact that I didn't take drugs at the time. Brilliant. Right? And that would actually be later that year when, <laughs> when work, when no work appeared. And I went, well, I'm going to be unemployed. I'm going to live up to everything. Yeah, live up to every stereotype. Well, that's it. I was like, well, obviously something's missing. I yeah. wonder if I, maybe if I just try several narcotics. Um, <laughs> drugs will numb the pain. Well, uh, well yeah, as, as of it existence. Turned, no, yeah. no, as it turned out, uh, uh, you know, like on my... I had one and a half acid trips, and on the uh, on the first one, which was the half, the mm. half tab. Oh, okay, yeah. The half tab. I remember, I remember turning to my wife and suggesting that I uh, was very sexually attracted to our lava lamp, <laughs> and that I was going to jerk off. And yeah, I mean the way that thing moves. I mean, oh, very, very, very. You know, very well. To be fair, sensuous very, lines, very womb like. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, certainly warm, uh, which was <laughs> nice, and. Uh, as I recall, uh, this particularly appalling enterprise ended mm. when, of course, uh, I realised that the drugs had rendered me impotent. Uh, oh, the, okay. Well, yes. the acid had, and I felt that the lava lamp was now mocking me. <laughs> you know look, I mean? look at you being all floppy. It's just, it's just a thing. Yeah, isn't God, it? Yeah. Your, your penis is a mirror for the sort of oily nature of me. <laughs> if you want your thing to get hard, you need to have a small lamp at the base of your scrotum, and then your cock will shoot up into the air, but then it will return when it is cold. <laughs> there will be convection. Currents, young that man. Is, that is a hell of a taunt. Like, love, yeah. that's it. I'm getting rid of that thing. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Well, yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that um, what I didn't realise because the next time I was mm. at a similarly low ebb, 
And I went, well, we must do that again. Yeah. It was a great deal of fun. We still had the laugh a lamp. <laughs> and I, um, I distinctly remember at one point, again, turning to my wife, who I, you know, I think just sort of stuck around to make certain I didn't do anything foolish. <laughs> turned to my wife, I was like, I had no... And th- by this point, I'd realised, you know, that this was an error, which is a terrible thing to do about halfway through an acid trip. Yeah. Because I just went, I had no idea the end of the universe would look so much like our fucking lounge room. <laughs> you know... Then I tried to play EA Sports Fight Night on the Xbox with my oh, mate Jeff. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And the rest, the the boxes' heads had shrunk into the distance, and we just both kept pressing the same button. <laughs> it was the worst thing ever. The fact that the fact that Paul McCartney thought he experienced the meaning of life on acid, and then you just experienced pressing oh. the same button over and over. Well, again. the problem is, and I say this to, I mean, I, I feel honour-bound to say this to anybody, mm. right, uh, who is thinking of hallucinogens at any point of their lives. Uh, what will happen is, if you've ever seen a poster from the 60s, and I mean specifically like, say, um, well, even even just Jimi Hendrix's greatest hits or yeah. any of the Are You Experienced things, what happens is, you take the acid and after 10 seconds you go, oh, that's why all the art from the 60s looked like that. But the trouble is because they've represented what they saw on the acid trip, your acid trip is now essentially a representation of that. And you yeah. go, oh, okay, it looks exactly like it does in the films. Yeah. My God, I feel like God's talking to me. And then you're like, well, this is what happens to everybody. <laughs> you know, And it's yeah. just totally bloody futile. I mean, if you've seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that you'll realise that he's breathing like that and holding his chest tight to make things happen. And you'll find yourself doing that. And mm. it's just the, the, like there's no, the, the, it, you can't lose yourself in it. Yeah. Right. The way people who would have had no experience and no context for it would. You know, although I, I do know a guy who, as it turns out, he, I've known a couple of people who've had their drinks spiked with acid and uh, the one, one guy had it happen um, and the people who did it to him, because, of course, they're just idiot hippies, like, oh, this would be funny. Um, what they didn't know is that his family had a really violent history of um, schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Okay, and yeah. um, so the reason he wasn't enjoying himself is because he thought that was it coming on. Oh. So, like it was finally arriving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do also, I do, I do know a, a lovely, how's this for a meeting of the minds while we're here? I know a lovely young lady um, whose name presently escapes me, but lovely young lady is a, a nice yeah. thing to be. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd quite like to be a lovely young lady, actually. <laughs> um, she, I think she's actually, yeah, I think she's a lawyer. Mm. Lovely young lady lawyer. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, now yeah. I'm just saying that. I know. You're just well, trying to put all the L's well, on there. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it just sounds like the old action figure Lovely Lady Locks has grown yeah. up. <laughs> lovely lady lawyer. Yeah. Uh, you know, wonderful she found something to do. That's it, right, yeah. Yeah, My, Mighty Max, unfortunately, remains just unemployed, but, yeah, you know, yeah. relatively No strong. longer mighty, just sort of, you know, Yeah, Matt. Max. Yeah. yeah, just old Max. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, Polly Pocket, obviously, uh, you know, never never <laughs> escaped her bounds. Um, now, the, yeah, what, ha- what happened was this. Um, I went off to Gallery Serpentine, mm. which is a wonderful goth shop in Sydney, mm. and uh, they have treated me very well and given me a lot of beautiful clothing over the years. And uh, when I'd gone to visit, uh, Steph, who runs it, I was in the process of being given a uh, carved from uh, tree bark, Okay. A um, this mask of a Mexican bat god, cool, uh, and and this thing was not designed to be frightening in any way. Yeah, but, yeah, it, yeah. but it was the most mind-numbingly terrifying object. Is <laughs> this gr- grey and blue thing with these eyes that just 
looked looked at you in what you're sure was someone's idea of benign, right? But right, the right. soulless nature of them and the fact that there were eye holes underneath them that other human eyes wow. could stare at you through, yeah, and it yeah, had another yeah. little head. In the middle of its head. Oh, because that's what you need is like an extra head. An extra head, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. sub-bat god. Yeah, yeah. The robin to this that, bat god. That's just to, to assure you that mm. none of your fears are going to come true. Yeah. You've got another head. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's right. Like, yeah. It's okay, man. <laughs> so we, um, I, I took this thing home along with a fan- fantastic jacket that I mm. bought. And I, well, I didn't get home, but I took it to the place that I was staying. And my, it was my friend Mark. And Mark, Mark's a lovely human being who finds me, on, on one level, very frightening uh, for reasons I can't begin to comprehend. And what he does is any time someone else is in his house, yeah, yeah. he will attempt to run interference between me and them for fear that for whatever reason <laughs> I, I will fuck them up in some <laughs> some kind of, you yeah, know, yeah, un- yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this sort of delightfully unspecified manner. Of I, course, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they're going to, John's going to do something. John, it's going to happen. It's going to yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. And then and, it's, like, it's like scientists yeah. observing something, then he's actually making something well, happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and the thing is, maybe... You're changing I, the results well maybe, maybe i'm just so unaware of my behavior that i'm you know i don't actually know and i you know maybe it's like that that scene in the movie chopper where he stabs the guy seven oh, times yeah, yeah, and yeah. then goes oh no mate what's happened <laughs> <laughs> who did that oh no so maybe that's what i'm like but i i came back and, and this to be fair this story bears out mark's concerns quite admirably yeah because i came in uh through the door and mark's got this big old um double bolted door and this mm. weird cage door mm. on the front of his house because the place that he lives in, there were a bunch of race riots. Right, right. Okay. He lives yeah, in Redfern, a great, a beautiful suburb of Sydney. Right. Um, you know, and so I, I come in and all the all the lights in the house are off and this is the middle of the day and that's not that's not necessarily usual. Like Mark's house could be very dark and, and Mark's like, John, 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 John. Okay, okay, um, yeah, okay. And, and he goes, now, my friend, um, lovely lady lawyer, my friend, lovely lady lawyer, is just, um, it's nice to know that he liked lovely lady yeah. lawyer, yeah, um, is, is just on the couch, uh, uh, just in there. Um, and, and someone spiked a drink with acid at a party, John. Uh, so, you know, like, and, and he did this, he went, can you be, be less you, be less you, be less you, like, like be cool. And, <laughs> and I walked, I walked in and, and, it, and it's one of those things where a lot of my, I mean, a, a lot of my sort of slightly off behaviour yeah. com, comes out of, of ignorance. Like, I don't yeah. know, like, as in, if I don't know how important a wedding is to you, I'm going to turn up in jeans, right? Oh, oh, it's a funeral, but you didn't get, you you were stressed and upset, so you mm. didn't give me time to mm. get changed, so I'm going to turn up looking like a dead shit wearing a pixie mm. shirt, mm. you know, and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to fumble my way through saying to the daughter, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, you know, <laughs> which is genuinely with that tone of yeah, voice, yeah, yeah. you know, really weird. Don't break eye contact. Well, Don't blink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't know how serious an acid trip was. I, yeah. knew, I knew the stereotype of it. Yeah. Um, I marched into the room and at great volume went, Hello! I understand you've had <laughs> one of your, and I'm just waving my hand in front of his face. <laughs> I understand your drink was spiked with acid, 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 acid. <laughs> and, but then I did this, you have nothing to fear from me. And then I reached into the bag and slowly withdrew the fucking bat god here. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> she screamed at great length. <laughs> you know, I imagine, I imagine it would have been like that bit in like Batman Begins, where everyone's got the hallucinogenic, yeah, yeah. and they just, just like yeah, these glowing eyes, yeah, and you in the background, yeah, and of course, and of course, did I go off to the couch that was opposite her couch and casually leave the mask? There? Of course, I fucking did. <laughs> and, and and to be honest, like this is this is like this is an appalling thing to have done to somebody. She mm. was she was fine, with yeah, you, yeah, you know, like that was all that was all on the line. No, she was fine on the day. Oh, like, okay. She, yeah. she was, you know, she was clearly coming down. It was just to be like, oh, I see what you're doing. Ah, it's a fucking head. And then she got <laughs> over it, you know. And yeah, the, the next time I saw her, we um, we were bouncing it. We were, and th- this is this is the sort of good wholesome fun mm. that you can have um, <laughs> when you're not on drugs. Yeah. We were at an all night uh, department store, uh, bouncing a basketball down the ladies' aisle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and th- this is lovely. She was studying to be a lawyer. Uh-huh. I was in town to do some comedy. What else was there to do? Yeah, yeah. But go to Makes the 24-hour department sense. store yeah. and bounce the thing around. Of course, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Well, to be fair, I mean, for her, it was a relief from having a fucking <laughs> drink. And also, who does that? What a complete waste of time. Mm. You know, to just be like, oh, you know, it'll be a laugh. Unexpected hallucinations. People love yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get that. It is a bit of... No, no one wants that. Yeah, and like even the person, like if you, like if you, why are you doing it to someone else? Because like, obviously you, you've got. Yeah. Well, I'll, I don't really want it myself. No, no. I'll give the. I'm going to give you the gift of a hallucination. Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah. yeah I, I I don't understand that. It's like it's, it's punching down. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very massively punching down. Oh well, it's you know it's it's a you know it's fucking assault. It's a is what dick. it is. It's a dick move. It's deeply illegal. Yeah, it's an exactly. appalling thing to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, God, I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, and and that was something as well. Is is maybe you know like because I didn't understand the the strength of what had happened to her. Yeah, right. It's also that thing where you're like, like I'm like, okay, looking back on it, the joke that I'm playing there would have been much funnier had she t- decided to take the acid. Yeah, yeah. But that was the thing. But fortunately, fortunately... Fortunately, the situation was in... Well, she she took, she took saw the funny side of it. She was, yeah. you know, very... You know, and, and this is the thing. Maybe you can never underestimate how tolerant people are. Yeah. You know what right? I mean? Like, yeah. Because, like, because she, she was probably just sort of going, who is this noisy idiot? What is he doing? <laughs> and you know, how interesting that he has this wooden mask that he does he just carry it with him at yeah. all times? Has this poor bastard's probably had his fucking drink spiked with acid? <laughs> he's he's yeah, he's he's gone out and he's bought this thing. Yeah. He a great he doesn't even know it's there. <laughs> this poor guy, he thinks it's a sandwich, you know. Um that's but, brilliant. No, but she she was obviously oh, you know, very nice. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a uh, that but yeah, that's um that's a thing that I, I have I've been reflecting on a little bit lately is when mm. you because I come from um, I come from Perth Western Australia mm. and that's the most isolated city on yeah, earth yeah yeah and I uh, remember like fly, I remember the first time I flew out to, yeah. when I was in the Adelaide Fringe a couple mm. of years ago and um, we flew over Australia and like I was I, I just did not comprehend how big Australia was oh yeah because we were like we're now flying over Perth Australia <laughs> and I was like oh fuck like, cool we'll be in Sydney soon <laughs> <laughs> or we fuck. No, no that's, that is another four and a half hours. But then it was that, the it was that realization because obviously we flew to Sydney and then flew back to get to Adelaide, and Adelaide's not that far. Yeah, I like the part where you said, obviously, what an appalling route you were taking. I know. 
<laughs> so I went to Sydney, then back to, then to Adelaide. Jesus. Together. Right. So, um, but I remember like, because then it was like the flight going back to mm. Adelaide, because obviously, yeah, because it was all the way out there and then all the way back. But it wasn't all the way back. It was actually quite close. And it's like, I remember looking on the map and going, oh, everything's there. Yeah. And Perth is there. Yes. And Darwin is there. Yes. So it's like you've got these two isolated bits. Well, what yeah. is that like? Man? Well, well, the difference is you've got to understand that during the, um, during the Second World War, uh, the Japanese one day bombed Darwin, right? Mm. And the rest of the country thought, good. <laughs> How wonderful. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, try again. Keep going till it's not there. Uh, there's a lot of desert out there. You could make it look like the rest of it pretty fucking easily. Um, yeah, no, look, uh, the thing is, like, Perth um, was and remains, like, okay, it's a really good place to have an interest in something mm. and feel a, combina- a a very dizzying combination of satisfyingly left alone with your interest. Right. And violently, viciously persecuted. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I'm a little astonished. And, and the thing is they're probably there and they're probably sitting on a fucking forum whining about the fact they can't get fucked so obviously someone should be shot, you know. Um, yeah. There were a lot, like, like, it was a good place for alienated losers mm. to hang around yep. and think that they were totally alone with their interests when they were actually part of a really supportive little community <laughs> of other people who thought they were totally alone with their interests. Yeah, and, yeah. But, uh, but I'm specifically talking about me, like, when I was 15. Yeah. Right? When I, yeah, like, got to understand that. And and this is just because I'm just I'm just at the moment I'm just playing with the idea of the amount of times that I didn't realize that something was a thing like so, like oh, okay. oh you're getting married that doesn't yeah, yeah, mean saying, anything yeah, yeah, these yeah. are just concepts yeah right and that that's a you know there's a lot of ignorance there and one one of the things I found in my life is because I can be very forceful and because mm. my eyes blaze and my teeth are fucked up. Right, and and intermittently I go through patches of being very physically strong <laughs> and also, you know, like, as as I've already said, like, and then I spend three months on the couch, right? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I smell as well. Yeah, well, there you go. Right, right. you know, yeah. no wonder my wife fucking dresses me, you know. Like, <laughs> just put on the black, put on the, get outside. Yeah, yeah. Put on one of the go, jackets. Go see the sun, go put see on, the sun. Well, no, oh, no, we don't want the sun at all. Oh. It's not part of the brand. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, go, go, go out. outside, but under an umbrella. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, go outside, go outside and look, you know, gothic and dangerous. Mm. That's what we want you to do. And if someone's nice to you, smile because you look happy and funny <laughs> when you smile. Don't wink because you look creepy when you wink, <laughs> which is the truth. Most people look creepy. Oh, I, 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 I defy yeah. to find anybody who doesn't look creepy. When they wink. Yeah. There's oh, something in, no. Is there? Is there anyone who's... Uh, yes, yes, I once, I once. Uh, and, and what she said was creepy. Okay. But it was lovely. I went to, because I've been going to uh, science fiction conventions. I say, normally I say since I was 15, because mm. that was when I went to SwanCon uh, in Perth, Western Australia, and that's the longest running uh, science fiction convention of any type in Australia. Right, right. right. Uh, and it's great. You know, like it, they, they book a hotel for five days, and if they're lucky, then 
the whole the whole hotel's just the convention, right? And okay. and it's things like you know it's it's not like it's not like a comic con. It, there's there's authors there and panels that are, can be hosted by anybody. And Brilliant. yeah, and it's lovely. And you know, like I used to run around with all my little friends, and we had a great time. You know, and there was a lot of sort of coming of age angst, and you know, they used to do things like they would have like a private cinema, and that would just show shit. 24 hours a day and, and it was incredible like vintage ads and yeah, all this yeah, yeah. old stuff you know here's Quatermass in the pit and now we're going to watch A Clockwork Orange and you know and you would like if you went to it over the course of years you could watch the kids grow up yeah 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 you know yeah, like yeah. I've, I've watched marriages form and split I've seen people who like there, there's a fabulous author called Lee Battersby who's right. great who I, you know, like my relationship with him grew as I grew up yeah. during these things. And it was cool because, like, I think the first time I met him was at a Genghis Con, which was like the knockoff of the Swan Con. <laughs> it was like the cheap student one. Got you, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he was on every panel uh, <laughs> as an author. And he's not, not an arrogant man in any mm, way. Mm. But I, I used to refer to him as the great Battersby. Right. right? For, re- you know, in that kind of shitty... It. Teenage, yeah. I've never done anything. How dare you say you're doing stuff, you <laughs> cunt? Let me show you something. And I would ask him these questions, which, to be fair, right, uh, drew groans from the audience. Yeah, yeah. And, and rightfully so. Of course, yeah. Rightfully so, because it was very much, you know, it's about as tiresome as any other teenager suddenly. Like, I find, I find at age 32, if I meet an eccentric, noisy teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, the, you know, I, I give them the beating uh, <laughs> that, that I prob- I feel like I probably required. <laughs> and, yet, and yet at the same time, my mother would insist that I received because I was brutally bullied by people. Really? Yeah, until right up until I became frightening and my teeth got fucked up and I learned how to have my eyes blaze. Yeah, <laughs> people used to beat the shit out of me when I was cute, you know. <laughs> That's what my problem's been, still is. Oh, <laughs> no, no, really? Yeah, well, you're a very attractive man. I, I was thinking that eventually when we stopped talking about me, I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably have an erection large enough to just really do something vigorous to your mouth. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, I was doing this shit to, to Lee Battersby, right? Yeah. And, and Lee, and this is the thing, he was a very gentle man and he took what I was doing with good humour. Mm. And Perth being very, very small, I I was starting coming up in the comedy scene. It turned right. out that a mere ten years before he'd been in the comedy scene. Right. So all, all the old men and women I knew knew him. Right, right? yeah, yeah, So that yeah, built yeah. up, right? As time goes on, I, was, I wasn't there. I was at the SwanCon where he got married to his lovely wife, Lynn, mm. and I remember, the, like, the wedding reception and they're playing Nick Cave's The Ship Song. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know, it was really beautiful. Yeah. And then we hung out in 2006 at a convention where, and this, this was a lovely thing. I knew something had happened because by the time I turned 21, I cut off all my hair, which had gotten quite ratty. I'd lost a lot of weight and I walked into a convention wearing a suit and somebody went, is that John? Wow. Like, hello, Ooh, like, you're, you're fine. And what Lynn wrote on her blog was she was like, it was like watching a puppy that had big paws suddenly grow into, <laughs> into them. them. Yeah. You know, which is a lovely thing, right? Because yeah. you got to understand, during all of this, right, I'm trying to perform. Yes. And my experience of performing came from getting to be on these little panels. Mm, you're right. Mm. And this is the nice thing about it, right? I see Lee and Lee was a horror author, mm. but he'd been a struggling stand-up comedian. He'd done all of this. Right. And, you know, then I see him as an adult and it's cool. And then, you know, a few years later we go and we have lunch. It's cool. You don't hear much from him for a few years, right? So the other day, the other day I'm reading, uh, I'm not really reading the Times, right? 
But I've picked up a copy in a newsagent. Mm-hmm. The fucking Lee Battersby, ladies and gentlemen. My Lee Battersby. The man who a mere, well, now, God, you know, 16 years ago. Yep. I was mocking for his aspirations because to me, I mean, he must have been all of about 38 or something and I was sort of like, what are you doing? You know, like I didn't mean him any harm, but you know what I mean? I was like, you know, you're 15 and you're like, I got to show the world. Um, The world's ahead of me. The world's behind you. What are you doing? Absolutely staggeringly good review for Mm. his novel. Really? Uh, Yep, and the Times, I do believe, they they might have called, I could be wrong, I think they called it Children's Book of the Year. Seriously? As a novel, yeah. Wow. It was fucking incredible. And and that's, but that's the sort of thing. So that's been like 16 years. 16 years in the making. Oh, that, that, so that might have been last year that that happened. Mm. But I remember seeing it. And that's kind of like the nature of Perth, which was cool, was like there was time. Yeah. There was time and room to grow up. You know, yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's time and room to grow up anywhere, but there was no real pressure to do anything. I was gonna say, yeah, there's, you're right, Mm. but at the same time, like you go, like, you live in London, yeah. If you grew up in London and you lived in London your entire life, there's, there's an expectation of going. You're in London. Yeah, you got to do something. You, yeah, if you don't do something in London, Mm. what's wrong with you? Like. So there's like that's there's that level of pressure and like even like I'm I'm from like I'm from Edinburgh originally mm. and Edinburgh's got the Edinburgh Fringe so like if you want to be a performer and, stuff like that, and you're like you've not done something at Edinburgh Fringe yeah. oh you know it's like yeah. yeah yeah so that's that must be like well Perth has zero like, expectations yeah of, of its people um to to the point that Perth would prefer that you don't achieve anything while you live there. <laughs> and and it means it. Like it really does. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like like I've tried to I tried to make the case for a long time that the very best comedians in Australia were coming out of Perth. Mm. Um and all anyone from Perth could say to me was, Oh yeah, but they had to move. <laughs> they had to move to be successful. And, and and like it was this weird kind of like, oh they left, the cunts. Uh, I can't I can't yeah, believe yeah, that yeah, they yeah. left. But also, like that kind of. But if you if they'd stayed, you'd have given them nothing. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Right. It was like when a Heath. Him. It was like when Heath Ledger went off, and you know, everyone was like, "My God, it's Heath Ledger from Perth." He is from Perth. Wow. He is from Perth, and there's a, a theatre, the Heath Ledger Theatre. Yeah. Which um, when he uh, right, this was a thing, right? So Heath Ledger dies. Yeah. Okay. And there was a lovely old actor called Edgar Metcalf mm-hmm. who um, I ended up, I think, being either Edgar Metcalf, CBE, or OBE. Right. right okay. Yeah. You know? Um, and they died within months of each other. Mm. And what ended up happening was they built this state theatre centre and somebody went, oh, we're going to call that the Heath Ledger Memorial Theatre. Yeah. And then there was this thing of, no, he didn't really work in the theatre. You should call it the Edgar Metcalf Memorial wow. Theatre. And so now there's an Edgar Metcalf Theatre in the Heath Ledger Theatre's Memorial Theatre. And there was this moment of going, you know, it's like he was a young man who died tragically. Mm-hmm. He was the second actor uh, to have liked to be from Perth because Peter Finch as well oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. from Perth, wow. uh, to the best of my knowledge. The second actor, I could be wrong about this, but I know Peter Finch lived in Perth. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so the second actor from Perth to die before winning the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. Jeez. Right, that's that's our thing there, you know. <laughs> Come from Perth, die yeah. before you get your award. Yeah, and it's that weird sort of thing of going. Now that man was an international success. Yeah, he won the Oscar for fuck's sake, yeah. right? 
You know, it's a huge achievement. And someone could be there going, well, no, 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 this guy, this guy here. I was like, that man was lionised in his life. Mm. He was alive when he got the fucking order of the British yeah, Empire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's had his, he's had his, he's story. had his moment. Yeah. Heath died alone Before. in a fucking hotel room. Yeah, you know. And you know what's amazing, like Heath as well. Like it's going back over Heath Ledger's back catalogue and actually mm. realizing how good, oh, versatile. Oh, I had no idea. I because yeah. uh, like I, I I remember like. All I knew him for was things like 10 Things I Hate About You. Yep. Like all these kids sort of like rom com. A Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale. But then actually you watch them as well and you go, like he goes to that to something else, to something yep. else. Like his range was incredible. Yeah, you find out. So, he's, sorry, you find out he's a quirky, interesting actor. Yeah. Uh, my friend Mel was the one. We saw, um, I, dragged, I dragged her out to see a lot of pretty <laughs> appalling films in the name of art. Um, we took her out to see The Brothers Grimm. Uh, oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I love uh, I love a Terry Gilliam film. I especially enjoy the uh, good 20 minutes of them um, <laughs> before they get out of hand or start to repeat themselves mm-hmm. or, you know. I mean, obviously that was the point of 12 Monkeys, but as my, <laughs> as my grandmother said when we got to the end of 12 Monkeys, she said, ah, that was it. She went, oh, yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, he's got the yellow raincoat. The, <laughs> oh, oh, who's this, who's this going to be? You know, like, oh. <laughs> right. And the idea of seeing a Terry Gilliam movie, because I love them, but they, they are these yeah, absolute pay-ins to excess. Yeah. Um, and I say this as someone who's run into him a couple of times in London and been orgasmically delighted <laughs> every time. Like stupidly, holy fucking Terry Gilliam. Oh, my fucking God, look at him. Right? And this is, you know, regardless of what he said about Weinstein recently. You know, occasionally, I've just got to say occasionally, occasionally old men probably don't have to express everything they have to think during an interview. Yeah. He said ironically on a podcast (laughs) where, you know, a great percentage of the audience is now they're going, John, are you aware of what you did to that poor acid-riddled woman? (laughs) What's wrong with you? Get yeah. get checked, you empathy-free bastard. It's self-awareness. Yeah, this well, is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, as, what's something that the internet's currently bearing out is that self-awareness arrives late. Mm. Yeah, anywho. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, without getting onto that depressing fucking subject. Yeah. You know, so non-fucking like, subject as the case may oh, be. Be... Am I right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, growing up in Perth then. Well, yeah, like the... The the thing about it, okay, mm. like, all right, the the science the science fiction community was very very nurturing, mm. right, to the point that if someone was mean to you, right, you know, you could it, it could be relied upon that it would be a very rare moment, yeah, and and it would be so transparently clear that that person was miserable anyway, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like like I know a guy who apparently. When I had, like, when I was younger and I had done, like, a panel, you know, and it had gone very well, um, apparently... Oh, no, no, I'd been on Australian Idol. Right, okay. Um, I had apparently whispered to my friend Mel and had been like, oh, oh, you know, you got you got to cut him down because otherwise it's going to go to his head, <laughs> right? I know that he said that, but I, I am also aware that he had a really appalling relationship uh, with a girlfriend, mm. which I at one point um, decided was my concern. Right. Uh, <laughs> long after they'd broken up. And um, <laughs> we were sitting in the foyer of a sci-fi convention and um, he was, uh, we'd been drinking a considerable amount. We were just talking. 
And he uh, he sort of passed out a bit uh, next to me with his head back. Yeah. And I thought, well, that seems very dangerous because obviously he could choke on his tongue. Um, so I took him by the back of the head and smashed his head into the table and went, recovery position. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, yeah. I, well, the, thing, the nice thing about these things that I do is I didn't do it with enough force to hurt him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Enough, I, enough to just sort of like... Like I, I was very it, aware of like... Oh, look, oh, recovery position like I'm, I'm making a joke <laughs> you know and it's it happened you're aware it's happened yeah yeah you're not in pain no you're not yeah that's it and you know and, and in my mind honour is satisfied yes uh, there you know, go. like there we go and then I can I can talk to the I can talk to the person yeah, the other person yeah. involved and they, they love that story yeah. they like that story yeah. because they're like they're, like genuinely genuinely because like I had okay I had that that um okay you know that line in the Simpsons where Homer says to Marge, um, I would kill for you, Marge. Tell me to kill for you, Marge. (laughs) Right. A a great part of me has wanted uh, some woman in my life at some point or another to be be like, kill that guy. Like, you know, like like it's it's like when in in MASH, in the TV series Mm. MASH, at one point Hot Lips turns to Frank Burns and goes, get him, Frank. (laughs) <laughs> and they chase, and he chases Trapper and Hawkeye, oh, yeah. like ah, yeah. you know. And and part of me, for whatever reason, has has like I I've had the like one. This is the point at which I realised my thoughts were a lot healthier. Mm. Is that I used to I used to when I when I was walking home, right? Mm. And and this you know this I, this will eventually get around to what growing up in Perth in a yeah. geeky Perth is oh, like. No, yeah. um, it used to be that when I would be walking home, mm-hmm. uh, if the house was empty, I'd always assume we'd been robbed on the way home. Right. But if my wife was home, I would always presume that I was about to walk in on her being violently attacked. Oh. You know. Yeah. And and, and that and I real and and then I would be forced to sort of Brutalize yeah. um, some guy, and then I realised that what what this what my unconscious brain was doing was my unconscious brain was sort of going well. What you really want to do is you want to rescue this person you love. Yeah, but of course that's actually deeply unhealthy because it means that you want them to be in some degree of peril. Yeah, just so you can do this. And and I re- when when I realised that that's what was happening. Now, whenever I'm on the way home, mm. I always think that everyone in my house has already been murdered <laughs> um, before I get there. Yeah, and, okay. that, and that all there is for me to do is to tearfully make the phone call. <laughs> yes, yes, fall to your knees and go, no! I'll get you, Mendoza! Yeah, well, have that, have that call from the cops where the cops go, oh, yeah, are they still in there? You know, is anyone still there? Which they do if you ring. Of course. If yeah. your house has been broken into or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, have you made certain no one's there? Yeah, I've, like, had, yeah, yeah. I've actually genuinely had that mm. call. Um, I, I used to live in... So have I. Yeah, it's horrible. No, it's awful. Because like, you, you walk in, you're like, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then suddenly they ask you that question and you go, oh, nothing is fine. No, you're right. Yeah. Something bad's happening. Right? Yeah. And it's like horrible. I was, I used to, I lived in Leeds by myself. Mm. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, and... There was one night. So what happens? Like, there was one night. I was I was home alone, right? And mm-hmm. I was about to go to bed. Well, I wasn't in bed already, and I had uh, Kill Bill on. <laughs> oh, great! I love Kill Bill. <laughs> so I was I was watching the movie, right? And I was just like, I was like "Do you find me sadistic?" <laughs> yeah. 
So the, the house is empty. It's a house. It's a proper house that I'm living in, but I'm by myself in this Fuck. house. You're right. Three floors, blah, blah, blah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in, I've locked the doors. Everything's fine. I've, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm in bed watching a movie, but I've, you know, might fall asleep. And then suddenly my bedroom door just opens. Fuck. Right? It yeah. just opens, right? And of course, right, I, I live by myself, so I am sleeping completely naked, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, hello? Right? Yeah. And I, next thing I know, I hear like this thud, 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 someone's running down the stairs. And I just grab the closest thing to me, which is just my guitar, my electric guitar, yep. right? Run down completely butt naked into the street, like doors open, like, where like, just, where you, where the fuck are you? And I, phone, I, I managed to get back in, and I was like, okay, okay, calm down, put some clothes on, mm. phone the police. And the police were like, is there anyone still in? Like, oh, and I was God. just like, what? Yeah. And like at the worst part as well, like obviously three floors, there's also a basement, right? And I'm making this phone call. I'm in the kitchen where the basement door is. And I'm just now looking at this door going, this is the moment the horror movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this shit. is Yeah, right? This yeah. is where they're going to find my corpse inside that fucking cellar. Right? And I've never been into that cellar as well. Mm. And I'm like, they're like, you need to check the whole house. And I'm like, no, no. No, there's a cellar there, and I've never been into it, and I never yeah. want to go into Oof. it. So yeah, I've, th- that's a horrible. That's I, horrific, man. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I find it interesting that you would presume in in that situation that anything was going to be more frightening than more frightening than you naked <laughs> swinging, swinging an electric guitar. <laughs> It's like, and as well, like at that point as well, I was like, you know, I go to the gym now and I work out and I try to yeah, look yeah. after myself, right? Mm. But at that point, I didn't. I was like, like my fluctuated with weight my mm. entire life. Well, right? same here. Yeah. yeah. So I've gone from like obese to like, but at that point, I was like, like rail thin, mm. like tiny. Yeah. And so like, if like I'm like I'm screwed. Oh like, yeah. yeah, I'm no, I'm not taking anyone. So like, I not I'm a skinny naked guy with a mm. guitar, sort of trying to act threatening. Yeah. When I live in Leeds, where like most nights I go to sleep with gunshots around me, and I'm Fuck, like, yeah, yeah, you're like, nah, this is nah. not gonna happen. But yeah, oh, god, yeah. I mean, I know what it is to be uncomfortable in my own body, <laughs> you know, and and combine that with peril. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Jesus, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah, aware yeah. of that because you you're like, oh no. As they stab me to death, they're going to remark how fat I am. <laughs> you know, or something. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. This is body issues while I'm dying. Ah, <laughs> finally, you've cured my dysmorphia. <laughs> In the worst death. way possible. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh. Right, so, uh, I, yeah. Well, yeah. So, when you were in Perth, right? Yeah. What was it? You, you you mentioned sci-fi so far. Yeah. What you were into. Was well, I was into, um, I was into science fiction. I was into anime. Mm. Uh, I was a very like I, I was a voracious reader of fantasy novels uh, and just novels in general. Yeah, uh, Star Trek was my big thing, and um, I, and and also I had a um, a burgeoning interest um, in well I, I adored music. I loved yeah. to listen to music, uh, but I had a burgeoning interest in um, the gothic subculture. Okay, and more importantly into BDSM, which right. I sort of saw as being part and parcel of the goth thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm not, I haven't been really wrong about that yet. <laughs> you know, um, you yeah, know yeah, like, yeah. like it, it, it didn't seem to be when I was a teenage boy 
too much of a hop, step and a jump. No, like no, when no, when, no, when yeah. you met the young women who were sort of routinely self-harming, mm. um, it wasn't too much of a hop, step and a jump to go. And, and the whipping, is is that on the cards here? <laughs> and they would usually have their own, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like they, I, I, never, I never had any props until I was no. in my mid-twenties. They just put back one book behind the bookcase, the bookcase uh, would open and you go, oh, okay, cool. Oh, mate, nobody <laughs> ever fucking hid them. <laughs> Christ, I mean, the, the, the thing is with a goth bedroom mm. is just that, you know, everything's black. <laughs> and and so eventually you go, all right, you know, like, okay, everything's black and a lot of it's leather. <laughs> so you, you eventually realise that the, you know, the, the strip that doesn't go anywhere right. isn't a tie, you know, <laughs> right? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, hold on a minute, why, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful nipple tassel you have here, <laughs> except it's the length of my entire arm. It's quite clearly a cat of nine tails. Brilliant. Like, and, yeah. yeah, like that was... Um, that was that was truly eye opening because the okay, the, the thing with the thing with Perth right is you mm-hmm. got to understand is that Perth is a a very big country town right, right that that kind like it's a very big country town without the togetherness of a country town okay right yeah, 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 it's, it's only when groups come together mm. um, based on like a common interest that right. you get a real sense of community like yeah I mean I had I had two neighbors the last time I lived there and you know like one of them worked on a mine site he'd come back every two weeks he'd make an outlandish purchase and our human interactions with each other were him knocking on my door and going John John and I'd, I'd open the door I was like what? You know, because there I am busy on my couch, you know. <laughs> smelling. Yeah. Smelling. Oh, yeah, deeply, yeah, deeply yeah, odorous. Yeah, exactly. Waiting yeah. for another you of my mother's stew. friends to die, you know. <laughs> Sitting around, you know, contemplating going and buying some S&M equipment maybe. <laughs> and like, Jono, can you, can you help me carry my TV into my house, you know. And, like, yeah, he used to, you know, I got a jet ski. He used to do all of that. And, and to my extreme, um, yeah. so, to my extreme surprise, his house was broken into. <laughs> <laughs> How these things happen is standing in the middle of the fucking street announcing every possession he had. Fucking hell. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but there's not a sense of community there. Like he, he comes to me, he's like, Oh, did you hear anything? I'm like, no. No, oh. I didn't. Anyway. Yeah. Like, but and also stand-up comedy, obviously. You know, like mm. and on all these communities, like the science fiction community, incredibly supportive. Yeah. Incredibly supportive. Like when my I mean, well, when when my friend Mel died, mm. um, and she's a Tremendously talented illustrator, and another another person from Perth who produced an acclaimed children's book. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Um, her book "Small Things." Uh, the The first print is sold out. Yeah, uh, it's been printed worldwide. It's incredible. Uh, one, it's won some prize. I can't remember it right now. Um, but when she died, mm. the turnout at her funeral. I mean, there must have been. 200 people there. Yeah. You know, it was incredible. And a huge amount of people from the science fiction community, some of whom had not seen her in years and they Mm. were there Mm. and they were moved to tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and and I thought that was incredible. Like the faces that I could see there, you know, and and that's it. They are. They're incredibly kind. Yeah. And they're incredibly supportive people, you know. Um, like, Like all of it. All of it was really, like, really good. And they, they very much, like, that crew very much have each other's backs. And the cosplayers mm. who I adore still and, you know, like I used to make my living hosting cosplay shows. Yep. And, like, they were great because you could build them up and they would feel good. And, yeah. and, and for the most part, like, as long as, and this was true of anything, but it's like 
small scene means brutal fights. Yeah, because there's less of anything, so you gotta you gotta really fucking get it. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like as a um, as a comedian from Perth um, once said to me, drunk out of his mind at a, at a and this this was lovely because this is like at a New Year's party and we went to this New Year's party every year, okay. so it's it's just like a it's like. I'm standing in a backyard that I would see every, you know, every 31st of December yeah, for five yeah, years yeah. in a row. And he's pissed out of his mind and he goes, John, John, I hear you're going to the Edinburgh Fringe. That's great, man. I mean, you can really help me. We can help each other. We don't have to be scared of each other anymore. And I've looked at him. I'm like, no, no, because I, I caught you because <laughs> you, you, you think I can do something for you now and that's why you're being kind. Wow. And it was true. It was yeah. exactly it. And, and that was that was a weird moment of going like, "What are you?" And mm. I, I did talk to him, and I was like, "Why are you? Why are you being so protective? What are you protecting?" I'm like, "There's enough work for everybody." He's like, "There isn't enough work. Right. There isn't enough work for everybody." And you know, Perth as a comedy scene can support probably six working comics at a time, mm. Mm. Um, who a lot of the time are the same guys, which it's is not like you're waiting for one to go. So oh, mate, yeah. I, I waited. Yeah. I, I think four had to go before I before I hit the before I was fine B- before I was able to spend three months just sitting there going it's okay phone will ring eventually phone will ring eventually oh phone hasn't rung you know oh I better I better you know um, yeah but what's okay what's cool about that is all right mm. why why are these things so close knit right they're close knit because you got to you got to realize that un- unlike say. All right. Uh, unlike, say, a Sydney, mm. which is a very busy place yeah. and people have to be places and all this, right? If you have a niche interest, okay, in Perth, it's catered to. Mm. You know, like if you go to the middle of Perth now, there are two dedicated science fiction and fantasy bookshops within walking distance of each other, Yeah. right? Uh, there was, there were two retro video game arcades. Now I think we're down to one. Right, all of the, all these little things are there. There's a game, a board gaming shop. Mm. There's a comic, but there are two fabulous comic book shops. Um, you know, a a memorabilia store. All of this, right? And and he, and even if as a geek you're like, well, hang on, this sounds like a divine little mecca, mm. right? You got to understand, yeah. But one of those memorabilia shops used to be next to a place that sold swords for twenty years. And that was next to the religious supplies store. Wow. Which was kept entirely in fucking money by the Catholics and the Goths. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> the Goths, you know, yeah, like I, I remember taking a wooden crucifix to a Goth night and watching it disappear up some girl's vagina. <laughs> she And the thing was, she was doing it to sort of, she's like, yeah, fuck you, God boy. What do you think of that? Right? And, and I was just sort of like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, like, as she's doing it, I'm like, are you aware it's wood? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, Stop it! So you poor thing, what are you doing? She was fine. Yeah. She was fine in the end. Obviously, we threw it out, but nevertheless. <laughs> you know, that was a, it was an interesting moment that she, yeah. you know, that was, you know, the, I like the idea, the idea of anybody, you know, kind of turning to a sort of um, horny, lonely, wannabe Morrissey figure and, and essentially putting on a pornographic, I, blasphemous show. It's just, it's, it's a brilliant fucking... Yeah, like, oh, oh, I'm really showing you something. Like, yeah, you are. You, yeah. We're, yeah. we're very grateful. <laughs> please, please, please. Don't stop. You can, can there be marriage? <laughs> you know, you seem like an appalling person. And yet, and yet. Um, 
Yeah. Like, something about you. Well, <laughs> it's certainly, this is in evidence, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, that that was also, and, and like, that was also, like, the goth club that mm. they had. Okay. And maybe maybe this is what's nice about Perth, is that everything is tastefully proportioned. Right. right? Like, tastefully small. Right, okay. Like, yeah, if yeah. you go to Tim's White Dwarf Books, right, it's not it's not like you're sitting there going, well, who is this Tim? Does mm-hmm. Tim exist? Mm-hmm. Is it a franchise? No, Tim's there. Tim's there. The yeah. owner's there. He's, he's there every day. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. great. And you can you go in there, you can talk to Tim. Tim's got a leather couch in front of him. Oh, I've yeah. sat down and just enjoyed Tim's air conditioning <laughs> and just chewed the fat with Tim for fucking ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought, I bought some books from him. Then you go down to Stefan's. <laughs> who, who the fuck runs that? Oh, Stefan runs yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Stefan. And we're having a lovely chat with Stefan. Like, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. To the point that even the goth club, mm. right, which was called Sin, which it had... It, there of were course a, it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there were a bunch of names. Like, there, it was at one point Dominion. Yeah. Uh, there was another one called De Keller, which right. I'm sort of glad yeah. they got rid of because I'm like, ah, it's got an unnecessary <laughs> Nazi-ish vibe to it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get... You know, you don't want a bad image, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you're already a goth in fucking Australia. <laughs> you've, you've got a bad image. I mean, these pricks, you got to understand, right okay like just to yeah. like because i mean i don't know i'm sort of turning this into a kind of um little johnny's stories of awareness you know, like, <laughs> and that's how i learned this but it, it's because it's something i've been thinking of like yeah because right? you these scenes were incredibly supportive yeah. right you could learn stuff while not actually gaining any real life experience like mm. for instance like i don't know how to drive you know what I mean? Like things like that. It t- took a while, right? When I when I auditioned for acting school yeah. at age fifteen and I failed, um, they said you should go out and get more life experience. And my mother went, "Your father killed himself. What more life experience do you need?" <laughs> right? Which which was her her way of saying, you know, like she was obviously very stressed, very yeah, upset course, on my yeah. behalf. But it was her going. The boys lived through tragedy. Fuck you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But what they meant was, does it, can he make a cup of coffee? Uh, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, like little things like that were totally alien to me. Mm. You know, like, I know this because when I went to uni and in third year, so now we're talking, you know, four years later after the failure of the, the acting school thing, yeah. I had to make a cup of coffee on camera and people were just going, it's the strangest thing we've ever seen. You've just got no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, there was no, I, I didn't find there to be any real way of getting anything into your unconscious, mm. right? And and may and this was because one, I was a tremendously lazy person, yeah. right? And two, I think that the thing that you should do in a really isolated town is you should avoid um, getting a lot of stuff. Like you got to kind of like I kind of walled myself off from yeah. a lot of the place, right? Right. right. And 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 it's kind of important to do that because. It's a it's really a self-loathing town and I've never been able to pinpoint exactly where when it's heartbroken like whether yeah. it was during the 80s when we had all these billionaires but then they all went to jail right you okay know? yeah yeah that's, that, that's going to be that's going to hurt yeah right. and and it's not like I mean I know I know for instance that you know because Rottnest Island, the tourist island off mm. the coast of Perth, that was used essentially for, you know, attempted genocide mm. against the local Aboriginal tribes. Okay, yeah. And it was a jail. But a year after they closed the jail, it was reopened for tourism. So I think it takes a lot mm. to, like, really break. But Perth just has this sort of muddy perception of itself. But there's this idea of why would you try to do anything? 
you know, which mm. I find very, like, I find it very familiar when I go up north, in, yeah. you know, in the UK, and it's that sort of like, you know, said, don't try. Don't. Yeah, what? I was going to say, it's like, I, I, I was, um, so like, I'm fortunate that I'm from Edinburgh, like, that's my hometown, mm. but like, you know, I spent, um, that's what, yeah, I was born there, I spent most of my, most of my formative years there, except for, like, uh, when I was, uh, how old was I? Uh, 13, 14, my, my parents moved to Aberfoyle. Right. Right, which is in the middle of middle of Scotland. So you know do you know where Stirling is? I do know where yeah, Stirling is. You know is. where Stirling is? Yeah, so drive for an hour just in any direction. No. And then No, know. I don't think I will. Yeah. Rick. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Any direction from Stirling and you eventually come to Aberfoyle. Oh god. Right. <laughs> and it's like it's, it's, it's sort it's, of quantum Scottish <laughs> town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh and it was the sorry, it was the dead of night. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going. And suddenly I was in Aberfoyle. <laughs> again! I went the other way and then still again before yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So, Google Maps, every result. <laughs> Aberfoyle is the type of place where like, it's like buses stopped on a Sunday. Oh no. Yeah. And so you have n- yeah, no escape. No. Right. And it was a um, population of about 700. Oh. Um, and for that population of 700, there were like 30 pubs. Uh, like, because right. that's what you needed, mm. um, and it, it it's one of those things. It's it's, it's everyone that I, like, I, I, there were some good part. Like going back there now is lovely mm. to visit. It's like it's lovely to visit. I can see why people think it's beautiful and stuff like that. But growing up there, it's very much. It was very much like, yeah, why why are you bothering? Yeah, you're just gonna be a farmer. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, and you know, a lot of the guys that I did go to school with, they're farmers. And you know what? Great to them. Great. I'm glad that they're and they're happy and they're doing mm. their lives and stuff like that. But it was just like, oh, you want to be an actor? You oh, want to do this yeah. type of thing? That's not an option. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Yeah, there's you, no option there. Like, yeah, when people don't believe that you can do that. Yeah, like I do like this now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah and yeah. very well. And like. It's funny sort of like seeing how people that I used to go to school with sort of react to it. Like, mm. you know, they're like, oh, mm. oh, that's a life. And yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that still happens. People I don't remember occasionally do that to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's that thing of as well. It's like, like if you're a working comedian, mm. like, I mean, in Australia, that's not a respected profession. <laughs> Like at all, it's not seen as an accomplishment. Really? Well, it's like, well, it's like, well, who the fuck are you? Who are you to say who, that you're someone? Mm. I haven't seen you on the television. Yeah, like that, that's a genuine thing, and you're there going, well, that entire medium's dying. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that 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 annoys me about our sort of profession is to uh, to the layman is like, mm. are you on TV? No. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's a weird thing. I understand. Yeah. I understand if you're not involved in comedy, if you don't know, if your experience of comedy is only mm. watching like Mock the Week or whatever yeah. on TV, I understand that that's your um, your benchmark. Mm. That's like, oh, that's what you're doing. Um, it's just, like, no, but you know, not everyone's on TV. Yeah. <laughs> not every musician who makes money, you know, is, mm. is, is. Well, that's part of the freedom of this country. Is like, mm. I mean, you know, I've done two theatre shows today. I'm going to do two theatre shows yeah. tomorrow. They're my shows. People are coming to see them. You know, you can drive around doing that. Yeah. And it's a respect. It's a respected profession. Yes. Definitely. You know, I mean, and the thing is, you can do that in Australia too. But you know, it's it's going to it's always going to be an under the radar. Yeah. You know, thing there. Mm. It's like one of the things I always remember is being at the town hall at um, the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and this must have been the th- it wasn't the thirtieth year it was running mm. but it was getting pretty close and um 
this woman said just I was trying to hand her a flyer and she just was completely blanking what I was doing. She was talking to me, but she, yeah. she wasn't really processing right, what I was saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, oh, oh, have you done the Melbourne Comedy Festival? And I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? She said, I watch it every year. And I've got, hang on, you mean the, the gala, the Comedy <laughs> Festival gala? She goes, yeah, I watch it every year. Oh, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, oh, my God. So for this woman... Australian comedy existed once a year. Yep. For two hours. Yep. On Channel 10. Yep. Right. And we were literally standing out the front of the headquarters of the fucking thing. And she didn't know <laughs> the festival was on. <laughs> she didn't know what it was. Yeah. She thought it was a one night only deal. Yeah. 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 You know? But then, yeah, I, I think sometimes, I mean, we comics mm. sometimes forget that. So forget that, like. That oh, I've never, I've never forgotten that. Yeah, exactly. I've never in my life. Forgotten that. <laughs> most most people yeah. out there, most people will go to like, they go to a comedy night because their friend suggested it or it's a work night out or it's a stag do or it's right. a hen do or a birthday party. Yeah. The actual amount of people who make a comedy night a regular going thing mm. is tiny. Oh, it's an almost non-existent in Australia. And the people yeah. who do that, you can see them. Yeah. They look like comedy fans. <laughs> When they show up, this sort of small army of women with dyed hair, you know, you just kind of arrive, <laughs> you know, and they've got they've got opinions about various people. Oh, brilliant! It's, it's interesting. It's sort of like um, it's like when when I've dealt with uh, okay, like guys who are in bands that aren't going anywhere, mm. right? And yet they still have the the effrontery. What is that effrontery? What is that effrontery? Effrontery. Anyway, anyway yeah. they've got the. They still have the self confidence <laughs> to to act like. And this is the thing. I'm always like fucking musicians. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I saw your band. Your band shit. You can still play the same three songs for four years and everyone's yeah, happy with it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's that kind of thing of being like, oh, okay. Being a musician is being like someone who occasionally is a bit like, I'm used to being the coolest guy in the room. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a musician. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I sleep with the women. And it's just like, yeah, well, you know, your groupies, <coughs> right, the women who go to your concerts are occasionally the same people who come to the comedy. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the only, the only difference being that I remember, um, this was in Sydney, there was a very odd moment where... When I first showed up there, um, this kind of yeah, it was this I I I didn't realize initially that I was attractive um, to these people. There's a sort of gothic subset of women, okay, um, who would come up to me after I'd been on and insult me, and then I would insult them, but quite viciously yeah, too, because yeah. I was just like, "Why are you doing this?" Mm. And um, and then they would sort of melt and kind of go, "Oh, how wonderful!" and <laughs> And what it what it turned out it was it was um, bondage submissives. Oh, okay. Um, right. Sort of going, oh, I enjoyed him on stage, and sort of coming up and negging me. Yeah, to, to get... see what I would do. Yeah. Because it, and then they were like, oh, oh, he got me, he got me. <laughs> I said he was untalented, and then he said I was a whore. The man's a genius. Say, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, no, you just insulted. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, awful. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. just like, well, you hit me where you think it hurts, and yeah. so I'm just going to. <laughs> it was awful. It was yeah, a terrible yeah. time. Oh my god. Um, but it, you know, like like that was anyway. Um. Thing with Perth, okay. So, mm. and what what do you got to understand when when I say that those scenes are supportive? Like you won't you won't understand. Like I mean, obviously Mel's funeral was a great example, but um, 
you don't realise, like, the reason they need to be supportive is, is because, like, literally at any time you could be violently attacked by anyone. Yeah. Right. Because well, it's true. Because it is a dumbass, like, okay, and, you know, and if, any, if anyone that I know personally is listening to this or anyone who's supported my work there mm. is listening to this, then you know as well as I do that we are at all times martyrs yep. to the sort of moneyed-up, meth-headed dickheads running around that town at any given time. And, like, it's, I mean, it's certainly been my experience that, like, growing up there, right, first I had long hair mm. and this was seen as a sign of being effeminate, which was a bad thing and therefore obviously worthy of being beaten, Yep, you know, and definitely relentlessly teased, right? You know, like I still have very fond memories of a quite muscular boy grabbing me and in the showers and smashing me into a wall. Lovely. and pre- like, like pressing, but also pressing his entire body against me just so he could lean in and whispers a homophobic slur into oh, my fantastic. ear. And yeah. off he went. And I'll tell you, I mean, like it would have been a lot more fucking compelling if I couldn't mm. feel his fucking erection. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. I was like, yeah, you've really got me there, mate. Jesus, right? (laughs) You know, like, and I just remember, like, you know, kind of like, you know, like, okay, when when you're in a really isolated place, people will overcommit to their interest occasionally. And so I remember, like, prefects from my school, like, coming up and being like, you're a disgrace to the uniform because they would see me, like, with long hair. Right, And I'm like... I'm like, motherfucker. And, like, this is in, like, 1998. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's not fucking 1954. <laughs> What's this shit? You get buzz cut. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, rugby. Yeah. Like, this sort of shit. Um, you know. And I just have a, a memory of being... Because, like, when I last... The last two times I've gone back, mm. I've had moments which, in my youth, would have been the precursor to violence. Right. Right? Because, like, I remember being on my bike... You know, I'm just on my bike and a car pulls past the bike, just throws a fucking bottle at me. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, I mean, it bounced off my ass, but, you know, whatever, right? And I, like, but, okay, well, this, this, I, I'm appreciating there's a lot of diversions here, but that, <laughs> a lot of divergence. Anyway, yeah. this, this happens, right? Yeah. Like, years ago, me and Mel are standing around. We go to Northbridge, mm. which is the rough neighbourhood yeah. in the middle of town. It's the party neighbourhood. It's the club neighbourhood. Um, this is also the middle of the day when it's not particularly dangerous, right? Yeah. And uh, I, at that time, had bought a ferociously ugly jacket, um, which was made of brown and white and black cow print. Oh, lovely. And that's it had, it had Chewbacca-like um, fringes. Oh, even better. Like that's a big like, furry no. lapel. Yeah, yeah, got you, man. Truly yeah. horrific. Yeah. And Beautiful. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, like, you are not going out with me in that. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah, why? And she's yeah. like, because we'll be killed. Like, yeah. we'll be brutally killed. Yeah. And you got to understand, right, she was uh, a five foot ten, um, short haired. Mm. She had three earrings in one ear, two in the other, a truly beautiful to look at person. And she was occasionally fucking terrified. And she could handle herself and yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. right? But we're talking about people for whom, at the time, like short hair on a woman 
was obviously a sign of extreme deviance. Of course, right? yeah, absolutely. And a long-haired yeah, boy yeah. being in your company, I'm co- I've become confused by what, your genders. What are you doing What's here? This? You're so angry. Yeah. And I just remember us walking into the middle of North Bridge, and I'd insisted on wearing the jacket because mm. I didn't fear anything, and, you know, just out of ignorance. And we got surrounded by what was transparently a street gang. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, you, it's not like it's not like going to like Manila or like walking down the street mm. in the middle of Bangkok where, yeah. you know, a guy turns up out of a shadow and goes, how are you? I'm from Nigeria. Here's my nine friends. Uh, I've got a lot of heroin. Would you like that heroin now? Because mm. you could have that heroin or we could all just stand here smiling at you for the rest of the evening, <laughs> indicating that if you continue to irritate us, you might die at yeah, some point. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's not specifically saying people from Nigeria, but that's just sort of clumsily talking about a guy I met who did this. <laughs> this is in Bangkok. Here we go. Hello. Like he just he just appears and goes, Hello. Where wow. are you from? And oh, I go, I'm from Australia. Where are you from? He goes, Nigeria. And I went, Oh, how excellent. And yeah. then he goes, How can I help you? And I was <laughs> I don't I don't know. What service do you provide? Yeah, and he goes <laughs> and he goes, Well, I have a lot of heroin. <laughs> and I've gone Oh, well, that's all right. I don't think I'll be needing any heroin tonight. But thank you, though. And he went, oh, good. Have a nice night. And as I walked down, it was raining, right, and I'd borrowed an umbrella from the Mm. hotel. I didn't realise that the logo of my hotel uh, was written on the side. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I realised as I went down the street, because I was going up and down that market street for two hours, he had a lot of mates yeah. and they all knew who I was pretty fucking fast. Like just kind of like, hey. And there was just an awful lot of like these grins hey. that would just kind of get, like you could tell they were just sort of like, you know, uh, you know, if we could just take you down, we could kill you. Like no one would ever know. We know where you sleep. Oh, we, we could find you. Oh, that's, yeah. It was genuinely, genuinely. How have they left the house? Yeah, yeah that uh, kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we're standing around and this street gang surrounds us. And what happens is their leader mm. comes up and it was just one of those rare moments where, like, because Perth can be profoundly ignorant. Yeah. But ignorance meeting ignorance mm. is wonderful. It produces this almost cosmic event because this guy comes up and goes, ooh, nice jacket. Yeah. I've gone, yeah. And he goes, <laughs> and we all just stood there and then the lights went green and we all just <laughs> walked across the road. You know, and, and the thing was, Mel and I, well, Mel was tense, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't tense because I was like, I'm just wearing an ugly jacket. You're like, if, if, if he'd come up and be like, let me tell you something, poof, I'd be like, oh, here it comes. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, be killed. Yeah, yeah. Here it comes. What he did is he tried to undermine you, but he did it so badly by just doing like, Wait, the, uh, nice jacket, nice you, jacket. Well, he tried to undermine me, but the thing was, I was already wearing an ugly yeah, jacket. Yeah. I, I mean, knew what it was. You were self-aware enough to be like. Oh, I wasn't self-aware at all. Like, <laughs> it, was only, it was only later that Mel was like, you know, there were six of them. Oh, like, wow. Like, what are you talking, really? Oh. Because oh. I, I walked across the street and I was like, what a nice guy. <laughs> my jacket was nice. Did yeah. you see that? That was cool. But it's like, um, like okay, as an adult, like walking along one day in Perth, I run into a mate of mine. Mm. He works in video game composition. Right. We're having a chat. We're talking about video games. You know, very mainstream activity, uh, you know, in this decade. Yeah. And uh, a man who, you know, if the top half of his mouth had ever met the bottom half in... 
in his life. It would be, you know, my God, it was a world. He would consider it as world-ending as an eclipse. Um, this man in a singlet, just this, you know, relatively muscular mm. yeah. figure, just went walked right up to us and just went, "You guys are retards, eh?" With like with this real like. Like this kind of like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Wow. Wasting your whole lives. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I was just like, I was, and the thing was I was taken aback by the degree of belief that he had in that yeah. statement. And and for him, it hadn't taken anything to come up to us and say that. No, no. It was no. just like, I gotta let you know. Yeah. This, you got it's you got my duty. You guys are wrong. Yeah. You guys are bad and wrong. Jeez. Right? And that's very much a Perth thing. Yeah. You know, is this arrival of someone's like, you're different, that's bad, i got to mm. tell you, right? And and so that was that was like, that was the problem with Perth, but you build up a really supportive little community. It don't matter so much because you can spend yeah. time doing that. Or in my case, you spend a lot of time not even thinking, but just in your own little world and yeah. being like, I got my ugly jacket, going for a walk now. Yeah. Oh, that guy, he seemed angry about something. What was that? Wow. Right? Yeah. That's what I kind of did. I might just have a piss if that's all right. Is yeah, that okay? Is that a good edit point? Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hit record again. Sweet. So. And we're back and we never left. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Mm. you got a really isolated town. The people are ignorant, right? Not all the people. No, but yeah. People are ignorant. They see something that's different. they got to attack it. Yeah. And yet at the same time... Because there's not a lot of people there, there's the space for those different things to pop up and they're maybe not affected by commercial interest. Yeah. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's no, like, there's no pressure, really. It's like, obviously, a bookshop has to make its money, Mm. right? But it's not like it's competing with a big chain down the road or something. No, no, it's servicing the community. Yeah. That's that's actually there, so that's quite nice. That's it, you know, and you end up with these, you know, these lovely things that, for instance... Like, it, it spun me out that we had more video game and geek shops and bookstores dedicated to, mm. um, you know, things of deep interest to myself uh, in Perth, and still do, that in the middle of town, than London does. Yeah, it's... Mm. I, I've been to, you know, obviously I'm down in London quite a lot, and yeah. it, does, it does shock me, you think, like, there's not a lot. No, no, you, you there's think... Not as many, there should be more. Yeah, I'm fairly certain because I looked the I looked this up earlier today. I'm th- in fact I'm a hundred percent certain that there are more Mongolian barbecue restaurants, <laughs> and there are only three. which I'm not going to complain about. I love Mongolian yeah. barbecue restaurants. There's only three of them in London, mm. and that would be roughly commensurate with um, <laughs> probably the amount of fantasy bookstores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I <coughs> top of my head, central London. Mm-hmm. You go to Orcs Nest if yep. you want. Yep. There's a comic book store, Orbital. Yep, and you've got... Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet and uh, Rush. Yep. And that's... And this is London. Yeah. In the middle of London. Yeah, middle of that central London. And then, like, where you'd expect there to be more, say, like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's hit the Northern Line, got the Camden. You'd think there'd be no. tons. There's one. There's one. There's one comic book store there. Yeah. Yep. That's, it's, it's, it's a really bizarre situation when you go, like... Ah. Like, like, you'd think there'd be so much more. Edinburgh's got, like... Uh, two. Oh, yeah. Edinburgh's tiny. Glasgow's got more. Glasgow's, Glasgow's got a great. Few. Oh. Glasgow is 
got so much going on. Oh, yeah, well, Glasgow, I mean, God, he's fucking... What did I do? I stumbled into a retro game cafe. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm there going, holy shit, Sham- Samurai Showdown 5. Yeah. <laughs> really? Amazing. Right here, and yeah, when I went downstairs, they had a disassembled copy of WWF Superstar. Oh, brilliant. And, for, and I'm currently rolling in those because I've twice encountered either a non-functioning copy of yeah, WWF yeah. Superstar or a completely disassembled um, arcade cabinet of it. So, you know, that's happening. That's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I can only see these things when they're vandalised and yeah, broken. Yeah. You can't have the actual working one. No, well, like, no. it's also a shit game, so I don't particularly <laughs> want to, you know. Fantastic. But yeah. There, there's, there's been, right, there's been something that I've been dying to talk to you about oh, yes. for ages, and that's... Uh, you certainly have been for the last hour and a half. My no, apologies. No, 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 it's fine. It's, it's been a great chat. Um, yeah. But, right... Shared interest. Yes. Discovery. Oh, my God. Discovery. What a wonderful series. The ending of Discovery. Oh, fabulous. I feel now we're at the point where I don't need to put spoiler alert or anything no. like that. Because if you have seen it, you've seen it Like oh. at this point. And if you're intending to watch it, you know, it's fine, mm. whatever. But it's the what, shit. Did, what I, did you make of it? Oh, well, I, I enjoyed myself deeply. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I was I was a bit uh, and spoilers are coming, folks. Mm. Like they're coming in. I mean, you know, I was a bit a bit uh, upset uh, at the exit of Captain Lorca. Yes, you know, um, one thing that you know people, I I haven't actually seen anyone complain. Oh, I haven't I haven't read anyone complaining about this online. I I've seen them complain about it in person, mm. which is this thing where it's like. Discovery will turn on its heel about every 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, like everything's a, here it is, right? And I I really like that, though. I don't mind that in any way. I, I you know, I was a bit bothered by the, um, and, and this is this is the only time I've been bothered by it not fitting in with the lore of Star <laughs> Trek because I, I don't really give a shit about that. Yeah. You know, things deserve to be contradictory, right? I've seen people trying to be like, well, this doesn't match up with oh, something. That, well, but, but but they're talking about stuff that happens in Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's like, guys, 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 no, no, guys, guys. Could we not agree that Enterprise... Hey, let's just agree that Enterprise was a simulation being run <laughs> by Riker and Troy. Yeah, I, I thought, that's what I thought. I thought Enterprise didn't happen. Yeah, Enterprise just... didn't happen. It was a simulation, yeah, it was a simulation being run by Riker and Troy. Holodex simulations aren't completely accurate, <laughs> as, as we discovered with all the programs the Doctor made and there Reginald Barclay. So yeah. to be fair, to be fair, <clears throat> Riker probably built that mm. and showed it to Deanna. Yeah, that's you it. Know, yeah. That, that's why they broke up. <laughs> That's why he hooked up with. She hooked up with Warp. <laughs> they went. Oh, she just went. I just can't. I can't handle him in this historical recreation phase. <laughs> I hate it. You know, like this. This is the equivalent of being involved in like historical reenactment yeah. societies. Oh God, yes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Modern. I can't handle Riker doing his twenty second century <laughs> Jonathan Archer bullshit. <laughs> Ah. Uh, and he's got all the uniforms and everything. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm, so much room. Oh, every I'm. You know, the thing is, I can't get out of his feelings, regardless of where I am on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> ah. no, I know you. I, I, I've, I've heard it. I've read it. As well. I have read it on Reddit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, of course, it's Reddit. Mm. Um, but it is, you know, it is a common complaint. It was just like. 
um, oh yeah, it does this and it does it. It's, it doesn't seem to answer questions or I was like, well, no, actually, it answered everything. Yeah, like, and like, oh, but then it just it, it it answered the questions exactly as we expected to. It's like, well, maybe actually you were just very good at working stuff out. Yeah, and and so what? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? So like I said, you know, we said spoiler alert there and stuff like that. Yeah. I I'm I'm going on a little thing right now. And the last few years, I've been going on this little thing of like I I I hate spoiler alerts. I mm. not in the sense of I hate knowing, mm-hmm. finding things out. I actually don't mind. No, I actually genuinely don't I've mind. Never cared. I just hate the. I'm starting. I'm not hate, but like I'm. I'm really against the whole idea of people who are like you can't tell me anything. Blah blah blah. You're gonna ruin it for me if you spoil it. And I'm like, well, no, you're not. And actually, I, I remember reading something that resonated with me. It was that actually a lot of the time when you go spoil, like you don't want to know anything about this thing that's happening, right? Mm. It means you spend the entire time waiting for certain things to happen that you want to happen. You're expecting something to happen. You're like, there's going to be a twist. There's going to be this. This is going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. And if it doesn't happen, yeah. you're disappointed. Or if it does happen, you've been so focused on that one thing coming up, you've actually missed enjoying the rest of the story. And by actually going into a movie, say you go into a movie and you go, well, I know that character's going to die. You then enjoy the actual unfolding of the yeah, story, exactly. the knowing journey. what's going. On. And if you actually, and like I think it actually, if you look at old Star Trek as well, like the Star Trek that we grew up on, Next yeah. Generation and stuff like that, mm-hmm. deep, deep, even Deep Space Nine to a degree and stuff like that. You know, the, you couldn't because it was like every episode was self-contained. Mm. There was no such thing as spoiler alerts. Yeah. There couldn't be spoiler alerts. Because like, it doesn't matter what happens in this episode, because it might not... Affect, yeah. They might refer to it later on. Yeah, it won't happen tomorrow. But it's like, yeah. it's not actually affecting the next episode. Yeah, there's very the, little continuity to it. And they don't have to, you know. Yeah, so like spoilers are such a new thing. And actually, mm. I think it's quite nice, like sort of going against the whole idea of like... And I, it's not that I actively go out and search for spoilers. Mm. But if someone turns around and accidentally leaks some information to me, I'm going... Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference with the shows being made for syndication. You know, mm. so much of Star, like Next Generation specifically, mm. is made to be bottle shows. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, all right, in this episode, the characters do this. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why, like, periodically you have, like, all right, like, you know, just things like, we're going to have an emotionally complicated episode. Cool. What does that mean? Well, it means that one of the characters who otherwise is written in particular guidelines as to what they can do morally is going to do something immoral. Yeah. Okay, and what does that mean? Well, you're going to look a bit sad at the end of the episode <laughs> and someone else is going to look disappointed. Yep. And that's yep. all it's going to be. Yep. Oh, are we ever going to refer to that again? No. No. Not even remotely. Even Data's going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, Data, yeah. we, we noticed that as we were beaming you, uh, you'd actually discharged your phaser. Oh, Oh, I don't know how that happened. A thrill, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you've done this. And, you know, like, Wesley Crusher, you've helped cover up the death of your classmate. You know what that means, don't you? What? Well, you just won't be in the show as often anymore. <laughs> you're going to end up the prodigy of that sort of subpar other Q figure that we uh, have. Yeah, and then you're going to come back and it's going to be inexplicably in a uniform mm-hmm. for a... Why was he there? Oh, for the wedding. Yeah. Well, it was nice that he was involved. It was nice, yeah. But... I was happy to see him. I was uh, very happy to see him. But even then, I was just like, so he stopped travelling the cosmos with the traveller. Yeah. Did he? 
and apparently became a lieutenant. Yeah, he became the chief engineer didn't he, of Did Titan he? or something. Yeah, like that was really confusing. Yeah. Like, okay. So and that's right. So like actually going back, like you know, we're talking about like uh, continuity mm-hmm. and lore, like lore. The, yeah, 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 the canon, the canon. Oh, oh what a yeah. tedious thing. So like, oh, the spore drive wouldn't have existed. Who cares? Who on earth gives a fuck? Yeah, you know? like. When I when I've read um, you know the, okay, when I've read old you know and 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 bearing in mind every generation has another has an older generation that they think is the old timey mm. you know the old timers of this particular thing, you know. But hard science fiction writers make the point that Star Trek isn't science fiction; it's science fantasy. Yeah, because they've created their own language of gobbledygook yeah. to. Explain everything yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, I get that, yeah. And that means that, you know, technobabble. And you can do anything, right, at all because you can't, You it, it is law, it's made up. You can change it, Yeah. right? The idea, okay, what bothers me is when you meet someone who is codified, they're, you know, they, they based a lot of themselves on the idea of, uh, of almost like being a punch card, you know, like, well... I know these points in this yeah. particular configuration and that's Star Trek and that's the thing that I know and I insert that into the top of my head and there we are, that's perfect. And let yeah. me show you my knowledge of these particular trivia points I've memorised. Absolutely, yeah. And then they're worried, like, oh, no, I'll have to read it. Ah. I had fully admit that I've fallen down that rabbit hole mm. myself in the past, like, as a, you know, growing up and stuff like that, where it's yeah. like, look at all the stuff that I know, mm. right? Oh, yeah, I love that. I still do that. And, like, but it's like, I think... It's quite you, so. You're like you, when you're talking about Perth and growing up in Perth, and you know, yeah. you're all these sort of the, 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 the geek sort of communities and oh, the they're great. and they're great and they look after. I I came to the, I came to these communities quite late in mm. my life, right? Because um, I went for a period where I was just like I went. Um, so I was like bullied horrifically and blah 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 blah. And I went through this period of my life where I'm like, do you know what? I've had enough of it. I don't want to be bullied anymore. I don't want to be an outsider anymore. I'm mm. gonna be normal. Right, yeah, so I, I was like, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'll be into this, that, and the next thing. And I was like, I don't watch Star Trek anymore and stuff like that. And it was like, and it, I went for a few years where I was like, oh, it's a mistake, da da da. And then I was like, no, do you know what? That shit got me through. That that shit got me through. And then, like, when I actually got back to it, it was suddenly like, well, actually, you know what? Maybe I should start going to conventions and stuff like that. And then suddenly I met these people, and it's like, oh, wow, this community is actually amazing. Hmm. Like, people yeah. are li- r- ridiculous. The cos- as you said, you've mentioned it, the cosplay community, I think, is probably one of my favourite things. Oh, I love it's it. It's amazing. Some of the stuff that... Yeah. I mean, For God's sake. And I mean, how supportive everyone is. Their products are tangible. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and, like, yeah, it's the kind of, um, like, where, uh, the positives of it are a sort of uniformity of effort. You know, like, to go to a cosplayer's house while they're building something... Mm is to see an incredible work in progress. Yes. What a lovely thing. Yeah. You know, and, and just to just to wear, you know, to wear an outfit that you've created and you, you know, turn up at a convention, walk around a bit, go and be on a cosplay stage for one to two minutes. Mm. What You know, and, and to, to find this to be a really innovating thing to do. I love, you know, the workmanship is, you know, yeah. a, a sight to behold. The ingenuity of it, yeah, and and the general, the general positivity of all, of yeah, it, you know, and, and and obviously, obviously, like you know, like like if, 
cosplayer drama is its own its own beast. But the same way, the same way, like I I like I I've known people who was like their dream was to write a book. Yeah. And and they maybe they wrote the book or maybe they didn't, but they're somehow locked in a blood feud with someone else who's exactly like them. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. We well, don't talk to them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, but that exists in all walks of life. Of course. But, but of course what I found, like, yeah, what I found, I'm quite late to the game, but like, it's mm. always been there. And it's just nice sort of coming into these, seeing these communities, and it is all communities, and it's mm. just, it's lovely. Oh, it's, it's and I, I can see why that gets you like that. You hear that Perth has been like that for you. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I was always treated just so well, mm. and and with such like uncanny generosity. Yeah. And I, and still am, you know. And people people are lovely. It's like the um, it 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 can be sometimes like it's it's like this lovely moment of because because like in London. You know, I, I count myself with the idea of I've very few friends. You know, mm-hmm. I've built myself up a little world that I like mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm enjoying it. But when I when I go back to Perth, I um I'm like, Oh, it's John I'm John. Oh, hello. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I can walk down the street, I go to the middle of town and run into everyone I've ever known. And get get that on a day when the weather is good, for, like mm. with whatever my definition of good is at the time, like yep. whether or not I, if I've got total vitamin D deficiency from an English winter, yep. I'll take a clement sunny day in, yeah. in Australia. But mostly what I, what I really want there is an overcast stormy day. <laughs> I love those. You yeah. know, an Australian thunderstorm is its own wonderful experience. And, I can uh, imagine. You know, this purple lightning mm. coming out mm. of the sky and deep rolling thunder and all of this um but like i can stand there and i can meet people that i've known you know since i was 10 years old beautiful oh it's a wonderful thing and you know some of them are dead shits but you know most of them are wonderful (laughs) like like having having a conversation with a woman on a balcony yeah a lovely girl who had broken up with a guy who had dated an ex-girlfriend of mine who I insisted had taken a swing at me in a goth club ten years before, and she's there going, "He says he never did that. <laughs> like that never happened, John." I'm like, "Yes, it did." Oh. And and like we're in the middle of the street having this conversation, right? Wow. And the thing is, the thing is, for no purpose other than to just kind of enjoy a sort of commonality. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You know where she's like. In, she's like, in the version of your life that you think happened, <laughs> I'm going to tell you that in his version of this story, it never occurred. And, and like, it's such minutiae, you know, minutia. Yeah, minutia, yeah. why not? You know, like all, all this kind of thing. And, and that's, that's nice, like, you, that you can do that there, you know, mm. like with people with a built-up shared experience. And that's, there's a charm to that, Yeah, you know. And, and also it's so clear that we're not busy. In yeah. this case, yeah. I'm yelling at a woman in a corset who's yelling <laughs> down at me on my trench coat on a bicycle. Brilliant. I'd, I'd have only been 30. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. as, we, as we draw to a close. Ah, yes. I'm yes. going to ask you one thing. Something we do in the Geekatorium podcast is that we have. Oh, did that happen? Did it? Yes. <laughs> did we? Did we, uh, we? I think we periodically touched the theme. <laughs> we, we kind of. I know, right? Yeah. But no, it's cool. Uh, what we have is the, the geek arc. 
Um, oh, yes. Which is uh, something to preserve uh, general artifacts uh, yeah. for all time geek artifacts. We've had uh, stuff like the Enterprise D mm-hmm. is in there, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ecto-1 uh, oh, yes. is in there. Uh, the original Holly from Red Dwarf. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a shame that the obvious... Oh, really? Hattie Heyridge didn't get... No, nah, not Hattie Heyridge, but Young Ones is in there as well. That's oh, really? Oh, awesome. as a whole thing. Yeah, as a whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, we've got some interesting ones in there. What did um, what did we have the last bit in? I can't remember. Oh, okay. But I've got a whole, we've got a whole lot of them. Oh, uh, yeah, Starship Troopers is in there. Really? Yeah, yeah, Starship Troopers. <laughs> the but film or the book? The, the, the film, but a very specific copy of it. Um, <laughs> The DVD, yeah. where you actually had to flip the DVD over oh. halfway through the film. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that halfway through the right stuff. <laughs> the difference is that one of those films is a slow-moving cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> and the other is the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, given the opportunity, what would you put into the Geek Ark? Uh, well, well and I, I will just... Um, before I do this, I will just do... <laughs> yes, that's right. Diversions. Um, <laughs> I, I will just apologise um, to to your listeners that um, I, usually a um, sort of high-octane person, <laughs> have, have taken this as an opportunity for <laughs> relatively deep introspection. And and, and, and only... And, and to be fair, to be fair to me, because normally when I, when I go into deep introspection, I get hung up on the word suicide and I just riff on it right. for, for a really long oh, time. God, Where, yeah. Whereas uh, for the last 40 minutes, I'm like, God, you were casual about your dad's death there. Good, we're back into that. <laughs> I used to just be able to drop it like yeah, that. Like, yeah, bam, yeah. there you go, how are you? Um, right. The thing that I would save, um, I would save um, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five. Oh. Which, because it is science fiction, yeah. uh, despite his um, repeated uh, assurances yeah, that yeah. he didn't write science fiction, or he said that he used to, but then he'd stopped. Um, which Philip K. Dick takes him to task in a very interesting interview where you you become aware that Philip K. Dick, alive, was mm. very aware that he was not getting, um, you know, not getting the uh, reception that he'd have enjoyed. Yeah. And I, I, I won't say, I won't say deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think we all have to figure out how to present ourselves uh, in order to get the thing that we wanted. And I just don't think that at that time, I feel like Dick had done that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he had, he had perhaps, he had fallen into having, you know, being very much the, I was on uppers and I wrote this for money, you know, a pulp sci-fi guy exploring some interesting concepts that nobody else was, you know, but he'd forced himself into that jobs worth position or been forced into it. Yeah. Whereas Vonnegut had had the good fortune to be a pulpist when the pulps were still happening. Yes. You know, he comes out of his job at General Electric. Oh, what do you do? I'm retiring from General Electric. Oh, to do what? To write science fiction books. Not even books, to write science fiction (laughs) short stories. Yeah. Oh, why? Because that industry's in boom. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so he's a lucky boy at that time, right? The periodicals are there. However, I admire that, right? He wrote a, wrote a first novel. I had no idea. Writes a first novel in 1956. Mm. I think it's 1956, and it's just science fiction. And, you know, it's uh, fine. That's fine. Yeah. You know, it's just got the hallmarks of that genre. Yeah, of course, yeah. Then he writes uh, Cat's Cradle, yeah. nine, which 1962, I think, which I didn't particularly enjoy. Maybe 1950, I can't remember the year. But then he writes Slaughterhouse-Five. And Slaughterhouse-Five, as a technical exercise, is excellent. Mm. To, I mean, to the point that it sets it sets the template 
that he'll use for yeah. almost every other book. Yeah. Which is an old man going, hello, I'm Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. And in this novel, a gimmick. Yeah. And the gimmick will be this. Right. Mm. But Slaughterhouse-Five is the perfect example because it still feels, and the thing is it really feels because it's getting into his experiences in Dresden rather than like, I mean, he's, he wrote some some short stories which very artfully uh, can make you feel very sad. Like mm. this, there's one about a um, an old man who in a post-war world is looking after a, a small boy yeah. and the small boy loves nothing more than war and the old man who's lived through the war is, of course, terrifically saddened by this and it's like, oh, yeah. wouldn't you like to have a truck? You know, or something like that, and and the child, and and, and there is that heartbreak, and I've yeah, seen that heartbreak. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so he could be speaking to a personal experience there, but there's nothing quite so like at at one point visceral as here is the bombing of Dresden. Yeah, right. Here is the forward pointing out that he was present at the bombing of Dresden. Here is the bombing of Dresden. But now that we've been to the bombing of Dresden. We're just going to spend time with the totally ridiculous-looking Tremalfadorians who have a particular conception of time. Mm. And it's that thing of it, it moves seamlessly from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. Ties them all in beautifully yeah. to, the, to the point that you genuinely care about these, like, weird fist-headed creatures <laughs> and their perception of time mm. because that gives you another way of looking at the human experience. Yeah. This is all in a pretty slender book that's very funny, you know, yeah. and, of course, starts off with listen and finishes with so it goes and then po tweet tweet the sound of some birds. Brilliant. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Lovely. That's oh, lovely. he boils it down perfectly. Lovely. That's Come here. That's what happens. Noise. Love it. Love Fair. it. Fucking excellent. That's it. That's the perfect addition. Perfect addition oh to the vault. Oh, my vault. God. You've got to put that in. Yeah. John, thank you so no, much. No, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely, mate. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thank so you. it went. <laughs> put tweet, tweet.